This episode of the FitCast is brought to you by Pedestal Footwear, the company that has engineered the ultimate sock for fitness and performance. Check them out at pedestalfootwear.com. Welcome back to the Thick Ass. My name is Kevin Larrabee, and back on the show for this episode, I have Artemis Scantilides. Boom. What's nice up? job, Kevin. That was good with the last name. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Thank Thanks. you for having me back. I'm really excited to be here. Well, we were talking before we started recording that the last conversation that we had uh, was happening around a an end-of-the-world type weather uh, event here in Massachusetts where we had rain, we had some hail. I think there was some snow in there, mm-hmm. uh, some dropped internet uh, for sure. And now it's, it's nice. Like it, we're looking outside and it's, it's like 75. I'm, I'm down by the ocean. So it's like nice breezy, like 72. You're probably closer to 80 in the city. Yes. Yeah. It's about 80 here. And, but it's like a nice 80 degrees. It's not, it's, you know, there's a little bit of a breeze. It's not mm-hmm. too humid. Yeah. It's perfect. It's like we can just not we can just like chill out and have a conversation without worrying about our our roofs caving in, which is I know. it's going to be a much better environment for this conversation. Yes, I think that'll be better than the hailstorms. So <laughs> I, I want to first talk about uh, how the the facility is going because I know you guys, uh, I believe you guys expanded um, either right uh, was it right when we talked last, or you were thinking about expanding, or, or what was the setup for that? Or you had just moved into a new space. Yeah, I think we had just moved in. Um, we moved last July. We were in Needham, Massachusetts, and we moved to West Roxbury, Mass, which is mm-hmm. it's in Boston, but it's like on the edge of Boston, on west of Boston, but it's it's considered a, a town of Boston. And we moved to a neighborhood that is much more, it's residential. We're on a corner um, we're on the corner of a block. We're very visible. Mm-hmm. It's much better than where we were in Needham. In Needham, we were in this corporate office park off the beaten path. And we had this space that was actually just too big for what we needed. And we had all this unused space. So now the space we're in is smaller, but we're we're using every inch of it. And it's just we have much better visibility where we are. And being in an area that's residential, we have lots of people who come to us. They just walk from their house and and that's been really great. So we're coming up on a year being in it for a wow. year. And it just has a much better vibe too. Like we have in our last space, we didn't have a lot of natural light in the training area because mm-hmm. the training area was set back in the actual facility. And in this space, we have really big windows in the front, lots of natural light. We can open like the front door and the back door. And it's, it just makes a really big difference. Last time, um, again, last time we talked, uh, we were discussing my, my Turkish getup stuff, mm-hmm. um, which I, I capped off at about, um, with a 48 and that was, yeah. that was kind of my ceiling and I have a 52, but this is going to be like a really dumb question, but I, I should, I really need to like ask an expert about this and that's, you know, I'm selfishly going to take advantage of you and ask the question. Um, <laughs> okay. so I, my, my numbers have been going back down, like definitely when I've been trying to knock out like the uh, 42, that has been uh, a little bit, or I guess it would, would be the 40, I should say, mm-hmm. um, 
little bit of a struggle these days. I'm having, I don't know, I don't know what has really changed in my training, but after I hit that peak, I kind of backed off on the get ups a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now I'm finding that my, my sticking point seems to be just being able to stabilize the bell overhead and being worried about not being able to keep it upright. With the 40, so with a weight that like you weren't having trouble with before. Yeah, just just in general, yeah. when I was like kind of crushing those things and then out of nowhere, I don't know, maybe I took just a couple weeks off of, of get-ups and once you hit the ceiling and it's not, you're not able to post a new PR on Instagram, um, you kind of <laughs> lose, you kind of lose the excitement of knocking them out. But I, I still do have that 52, but it's been regulated or it's been uh, more or less used exclusively for goblet squats, dumbbell rows, or I guess kettlebell rows, things like that. You know, I have, I've had that similar experience with get-ups and I think it's true for any movement in training. Like mm. you'll, you'll be really, really strong with a particular movement for a while. I hit, hit some solid PRs and then you go through somehow for some reason, whatever it is, you go through a period of time where maybe that one movement is not as strong as it was, but then it, it'll come back. Is there, um, is there anything in your training other than the get-ups that anything that you're doing differently, um, any other new movements or anything different? Not really. And I, I think it might, may just be uh, a case of losing interest. Yeah. You know, and like, that's kind of like weird to say, but um, like I'm not getting as fired up because I cut, I kept seeing such, such regular progress on them. Mm-hmm. And now it's and like you, the 52 is the only, the only place I could go next. And that just seems like, again, when you said, you know, potentially arm breaking scenario, that's not something that I really <laughs> no. am interested in doing. No, definitely not. Have you, um, what are you doing? Like, are you training them? Like how many times a week are you training them? And like, what's your rep scheme? Oh, let's see. That's the other thing is it's also going really downhill and nothing but signals. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're thinking it's coming from like a mental place, I would definitely back off a little bit. Mm. And um, because you want to be excited about it, you know, that's what's going to, you want to get fired up about it again. And you want to get excited to get, to get back to them. So if you're not excited about it, it's not going to happen. I've been trying Um, to, to listen to more. Uh, music. I got like these nice Bluetooth headphones. Actually, not nice. They're like cheap $20 ones from Amazon. But um, that's the thing that I've been kind of battling with at home is trying to get back away from listening to... I've been doing the really bad thing training-wise, listening to books and listening to podcasts while training, which is Mm. like a super bad thing to do if you want to have a high... You know, intensity of training. Yes. Um, so I, I, I think I just gotta, I gotta get like a little bit, like maybe half a cup of DMX, a half a cup of Rise Against, and you know, mix that together and see what I can get. Yeah, you don't need your brain power going to podcasts and books. I know. While you're trying to train. Like I'm so dumb trying to like develop myself and like trying to be a better business person by listening to these motivational books and or whatever it is, like those books on how to be a better leader, how to better whatever. And yeah. instead I need the the lyrics of the horrible person that is DMX and the just <laughs> ridiculous, uh, as Eric Cressy likes to put it, my mother never loved me music of yeah. Rise Against and Rage Against the Machine. But that's what gets you pumped up for training. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, Renegades of Funk, that, that goes on and you're going to probably get at least an extra rep out of me. 
One thing I for get ups, one um, one thing I like to do when I'm kind of feeling burnt out with them is I'll go through a cycle of um, a couple days a week of timed get ups mm. and just doing alternating singles for time for like 10 minutes, hmm. two times a week, keeping it on the lighter side and just kind of getting back to enjoying them again. Mm-hmm. Get to a lighter bell that feels really good and then just have a nice flow of you know, seeing how many I can do in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So that might be a good brain break, like even dropping the weight lower than a 40 and just get to a nice light, easy weight that Mm -hmm. is really fun to work with and just have a couple days a week where you're just doing some timed get-ups just to to enjoy them again, you know, and that, that is something that I, I, I do once in a while and, you know, I'll do maybe like anywhere from like three to four weeks of that and then, and then get back into more of a structured um, program with them. Is that, is it, uh, you know, going for, for 10 minutes, is that something that you would almost even classify as like, you know, conditioning levels of heart rate? Yeah, it definitely feels like cardio. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I just want to get like, the, gets your heart rate up. Like after you've done five of them, like after you've gone through like five minutes, you're like, Oh my gosh, you're so warm. You are, you're so warmed up. <laughs> feels great. You know, and it's it's really good to do in the beginning of your training because it helps to get you really warmed up. Totally, it is like it definitely gets your heart rate up going up, even if it's with a lighter weight, like one of your like a lighter get up weight. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. I, hell, I mean, I like that. I think, I mean, the the get up is something that I think if if you don't know how to do them, it's something that you should really go and and find someone that is a great teacher of them, mm-hmm. so you can implement them into your program. Like that is, I mean. It's amazing that it took us so long in terms of like the general fitness world to figure this out and to to not be so arrogant when we saw the kettlebell people on one side of the room and we had the the strength coaches or whatever on the other side of the room and like we just said oh those like Mike Boyle says it all the time like you know I just like I hated seeing like those kettlebell people they look like a bunch of cultists and things like that but <laughs> you know, you go to our gym, we have almost as many kettlebells as we do dumbbells now. And we're starting with a half get up or really like a quarter get up with our adults. And we're even implementing it in with our athletes, just the incredible benefits that you can get out of mastering that movement pattern is something that is so invaluable. And it's something that like, I really love that idea. You're that's thank you for that, that idea of just kind of going with a letter bell doing like 10 minutes. And that, I mean, if you don't know, if you don't know what a getup is, like God, that you're basically doing everything in those movements that you would possibly need to get ready to go to lift. Yes, yep. It's a great warm up. It's you know, it's definitely something. Any when I do my own training or in any of the programs at our gym at Iron Body Studios, it's something that we program in the beginning mm-hmm. of training because it, it really helps to get people warmed up. Because you go through multiple planes of motion. Right. You're going through multiple functional movement patterns that mm-hmm. we have as humans, you know, there's a roll, there's a hinge, there's a drop step lunge, there's all that. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't do the whole movement, and that's the other thing that's so great about the get up is you don't have to do the whole movement. Like you can just mm-hmm. do coming up to the arm or coming up to the hand. You can just do that roll up and, mm-hmm. and that movement is enough to help get warmed up and just prime your system. And so it's, it's really a very useful movement. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, I will report back and I will let you know. Maybe if right. I can figure out how to do like a 10 minute video on Instagram, I'll, I'll do 10 minutes of, of get up. <laughs> so that's, you know, again, you're, you're alternating from each side. Maybe what I'm going to do, because I'm usually someone 
I don't know if you notice this, like I start a podcast network with five shows thinking that, you know, I can do that. I, I, I have no time in my life, but might as well right. do that. So, right. Um, you know, I'm just about to go on like the perform better circuit and yeah, well, travel that, to well, that's, Long Beach, Chicago. I, that's why my <laughs> today and tomorrow is, is me. This is my third podcast that I'm recording today. Uh, and I'm going to be doing three more to make sure that there's plenty. I'm right now. I am a squirrel. In terms of podcasts, I'm like hoarding my my podcasting acorns and getting them ready for my Perform Better Summit trip to Orlando, which takes up four days, believe it or not. Um, yeah, I think what I'll do is I'll start and maybe tell me if I'm wrong, start with like five minutes. And because, yeah. you know, I don't know, I'm, my cardio is all right. I mean, I can jump on an Airdyne and knock out a five mile with the best of them, but, um, you know, 10 minutes of get-ups, like I'm sweating just thinking about it and I just, yeah. and I don't have my AC on. The five minutes will end up being like two on each side, but it's just mm-hmm. like the fact that you're, you're doing one and then you do another one and then you go, you know, you're just, you're doing it continuous that mm-hmm. you're not moving on, you're not doing one on each side and then moving on to something else. So yeah, start with five and see how that goes, like five or six minutes and see how that goes. Maybe I'm thinking, what do you think, 28 or a 32 for me? Um, you've been working with a 40, go with a 28. Cause this is about like, this is about bringing it back so that right. you can start to feel really good about them. And, um, so I would work with a 28. Yes. yes. If I were you. Yep. Selfishly got my number one question out of the way for you. Uh, for <laughs> me, I should say, um, and I'm not going to be selfish right now because I'm going to let uh, great friend and awesome person, Elizabeth Stacy. Uh, ask the next question. Okay. All right. Um, she, she, this is the first time that I've had questions submitted on Instagram. So she gets some kind of uh, special Instagram award. Like she gets like a double tap heart thing. And I don't know if you can do that in a trophy form. We'll but give her, we'll give her three hearts. Th- Not can, just one. She gets three hearts. Do, I don't know if you can do that. No, but, you can't. Um, <laughs> but right. we'll pretend. All right. No, this is what I'll do. I'll give her an Instagram plug. Because she's down in Florida kicking butt, uh, formerly of Mark Fisher Fitness. But um, she had a question for you on uh, facilities. And I'm going to just, I'm going to do my best to read this the way that she wrote it to, um, to really like have the emotion that she had in this, in this uh, comment. Okay. Ah, obsessed. Um, is there anything you wish you'd, and she says she's obsessed about you. Um, is there anything you wish you'd known before opening up a physical space? This is one of my five year goals and it seems completely daunting at the moment. And she actually had a heart at the end for you as well. I love Elizabeth. She's awesome. She's my, well, she, we bonded because we both are, have a background in ballet and, um, So that was something when I met her, we were, we could totally identify with each other about that. And Oh, and I said I would give her a plug, right? It's up strength mm-hmm. on uh, U-P-S-T-R-E-N-G-T-H on Instagram. Yep. Uh, so, so many things. <laughs> <laughs> so many things. Um, I'll try to, let's see if I can streamline this. And I think this is such a great question because... Uh, for business owners, there's not, I think we don't talk enough about like the struggles mm-hmm. that we've gone through or the lessons learned. Cause no one, 
no one opens up a facility and it's absolutely perfect. It just, right. it, even the, maybe on social media, it seems like that, but it doesn't matter how successful <laughs> they are. It's just, it's just not, you go, you make mistakes, you learn from them and you do it better coming back. And, um, I, one thing that Eric and I did this last fall, which I think I wish we had done it from the beginning. So I'll just give a little background about how we started renting space. And that is we started by subleasing space in 2011 to start running our business. And, um, and that was helpful. Subleasing was good because it helped us to get an idea of what we were paying for what we could afford for rent based upon, um, the, the number of clients we had. So, so that was helpful. What I wish we had done and we had known about then, which we didn't until later was, um, we recently hired fitness revolution and we have a business consultant to kind of keep us accountable. Um, Eric has taken, Eric is for those of you who are listening and you don't know who Eric is. Eric is my boyfriend and my business partner. He's my co-owner and, uh, he's taken the lead on that and he, meets with our, our business consultant twice a month now. It used to be weekly just to have a check-in call about just kind of numbers and um, and uh, anything business-related just to, to give us an objective perspective on, on what we're doing. But had we – and there are other – just like Fitness Revolution, there are um, there's like there's the Cosgroves, there's Thomas Plummer. So I wish from the beginning, from the time that we started subleasing space, we had started working with Fitness Revolution. Or we at the time we didn't even know that these these organizations existed. Um, and it was in 2011, so I'm not sure how. Now I think that's more well known that these groups are, are more well known that there's actually help out there for people who want to run, um, who want to have a facility as gym owners. So I wish we had done that because I think that they would have helped us really be able to, um, to, to find a, a, a better first facility right out of the gate. However, we were in a, um, we were in a kind of a bind when we were, uh, we sublet space for about a, 18 months and we got into a position where we needed to get out of that space. Um, the person we sublet space from, that's like a whole, I don't think I'll talk about that on the podcast, but he's, he was, he's a little cuckoo nuts. Um, so it was, you know, we got to a position where it was served as purpose at the time, but it was getting to the point where we we're like, oh my gosh, we need to get out of here or we're just going to have to like our business is just going to be no longer. So when we were looking for facilities, we had to kind of take what we could get and we did look all around and the facility we ended up in was not ideal for us because of the size, because of the location. Um, we just ended up settling on it because we were like, okay, well, we will we're gonna see if we can make this work. The landlord team is giving us a pretty good deal out of everything we've looked at and we don't really have a lot of options and we have to move quickly and get into a space. So um, I would say like the the one mistake that we were sort of forced into making at the time was going into this space that was um, too big for what we needed and thinking that maybe we would grow into it number one. Number two, there was lots of unused space that was going to be very difficult for us to figure out how to use. So making sure you find a space that number one, it fits your business model. It's, 
it's, um, it matches the size that you are at. Cause you want to get, you want to move into a space and you want to, um, you want to bust out of the seams. You want to like have wait lists. Like now we have like wait lists for our morning classes and, and that's where we needed to be at the beginning. And that's where you want to be moving into a space. You want to look at it and be like, Oh, but I will probably grow out of this in a year or two. Good. Like you go into it, grow out of it, bust at the seams, have wait lists, do that. Um, just like Mark Fisher did, you know, they moved into Mark Fisher fitness, they moved into a small space and they just, they ran their space and, um, and you know, they didn't expand until they were busting out of the seams. So, um, that's number one. Number two, make sure when you're looking at a space that every, to the best of your ability, the, every inch of that space is going to be usable. Um, we had tons of unused space. We had like this huge foyer in our old facility that, with like a shared office and it was just, we had this huge kitchenette. It was just like we were paying rent on space we weren't, weren't using. So making sure that you don't pay rent on space that you aren't using. And, um, the location was not good. Our old facility, the location was in a corporate office park off the beaten path and it uh, was not visible. Um, so fi- location, it does matter. And we have definitely learned that through this experience because we're in a much better location now. And it does matter being visible and being in a place where people actually want to be. Like we're next to a ton of restaurants. We're in a residential area now. Before we were in this corporate office park, when people would go home for work at night, they were done. So like we had morning business, but we had like no night business. Um, we don't have a ton of night business now. We have most of our stuff is in the morning, but still we're like much busier in the morning than we used to be. So, um, so just to recap, I think number one, like get someone to help you. I think it helps to like find a group to, um, like a business consultant, hire them, have them help you map out your plan so you can set your numbers. You can find a lease that matches what you know that you can afford and uh, make sure when you're looking at a lease that it's the space is not bigger than what you'll currently use within like the you'll be able to grow into in, in like the first year. Make sure it's not too big and uh, make sure you're going to use all that space and make sure the location is good. I think those are when it comes to physical space, that's like huge. If I was a better host, I would have opened that up with some kind of stinger like Artemis's top three tips for opening a facility or something like that. But then I had to mute myself because, again, hopefully I'm going to do my best to edit it out if it is getting picked up and I'm muting myself when appropriate. But uh, there are some some gentlemen outside uh, my house, that I, the apartment that I rent, um, painting and and singing quite loudly um outside my window and i still can't hear them it's well good because i, I i've been trying to bring my my mic volume down as much as humanly possible uh while you're speaking just so they are, are not picked up i mean they can't sing for shit either like they're like i mean it'd be one thing if we had some american idol contestants outside but it's just some guys that are off key and not hitting the right notes and um, killing some of my favorite '80s hits. But that's okay. Mm. Just I'm yeah. just kidding, guys. Don't worry. You don't have to. I'm not freaking out. Just they're right. They're, they're looking. They're kind of looking at me right now. I'm like right in front of a window, and they're standing right in front of the window painting my house. It's kind of weird. It's, it's funny that I can't hear them at all, though. I can't. It's, yeah. it's the magic of this awesome microphone. If I'm not, it's just thank really you, thank is. you, Audio Technica, <laughs> for making some great microphones. Um, 
Okay, so an- another thing that I wanted to talk to you about um, was I had Greg Robbins on a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, Greg and I got to talking about the CSP uh, Women's Powerlifting Group, and yep. um, this is also going to probably transition into the meet that you're at a couple weeks ago. So um, I was talking to Greg a little bit uh, about this, but I was wondering if you could kind of discuss kind of like the atmosphere, and you can't hear them singing outside? No, it's so crazy. (laughs) So anyways, um, it's distracting to me at least. I apologize, folks. Trust me. It's, uh, it's, it's giggle and giggle, uh, inducing. Um, but talking about the, the CSP women's, uh, powerlifting group and, um, kind of, I don't know how that all came about, you know, how it's set up and kind of the atmosphere that you guys have put together, because that's kind of a really badass thing that you have going on. So, um, I went to, uh, Greg Robbins and Tony Bonvecchio have a seminar, powerlifting seminar called Optimizing the Big Three. And that, mm-hmm. I went to that last August out at Cressy Sports Performance. And um, for me, that was, you know, I went, Eric and I went together and um, it was huge because it, it's an area, you know, I need, as a coach, I need needed to learn more about barbell lifting. I wanted to learn about powerlifting and I mean, Greg and Tony are the people to learn from. And, um, and so when I was there at the end of it, Tony said, well, we're starting. Cause I was so fired up. I had like such a good time and I was like so excited about it. I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is just what I need. And, and I didn't, it, part of it was because, um, so, you know, a couple of years ago I finished the Iron Maiden challenge and I think I spent, after I completed that, I spent about a year just kind of like playing around and not really having any like specific goals. I know I wanted to like start to deadlift heavy, but I knew like I needed help with my technique and I know I needed to learn more about barbell lifting. And so that was the catalyst for that going to the, the seminar. And so by the end of the seminar, I had such a great time and learned so much and, um, that Tony Bonvecchio, he told me, he said, that, oh, I'm starting a women's powerlifting group here in the fall, in September. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to figure out how to make that work. I have to, I just have to figure out, cause it's, you know, like 45 minutes to drive out there, but I was like, I just need to figure it out. So, um, Tuesday, it meets Tuesday and Thursday nights at seven and then Saturdays at two. And, um, at first he had intended to have people there three times a week, but it's, it's, that's tough for people to do, I think, with schedules. So, um, we just kind of, everyone pretty much makes it like whenever they can, you know, at least once a week. And, um, so that's what started that whole thing. And it's started out small and it's grown. Now we have how many women, let me see. It's like me, Celie, Hillary, Maya. I think there's like five of us now. Wow. I want to say, uh, maybe six. Um, and it's just been so much fun. Like even if, you know, even if I'm traveling and I miss a week, we still are in touch on, we have a Facebook group and we're still in touch online and it's so much fun when we go to train together. And, um, we did our first powerlifting meet last December and it was just a push pull and not all of us did it. A few, a few of us did it, but that was great. And then after that, this, I can't remember when it was, it was, must've been like when I got back from Australia, it was, it must've been in February sometime. I was like, we have to find another one to do. Like we need to have, all of us need to have something to work, you know, have some 
goal that we're like specifically working towards in mm-hmm. our training here. And, and so we found this other one in Rhode Island, uh, which was May on May 15th. And it was through, um, the Southern powerlifting federation. It was a mix. It was a raw and geared meet, which I won't do again. Like I'll only do like a raw meet again. The geared was like, I don't know, it was a little bananas, but wait, so it was like a mixture. Like there were no, like you could either go raw or not. Yeah. You ha- Yep. And yeah. You're competing against people in gear. No, you're not. Oh. Like, so you're competing against people and you sign up and okay, you say okay. like what you're, yeah. But gotcha. there were, like, but because there was, it was mixed, it just prolonged the meet, you know, cause you had all the geared lifters and mm-hmm. that put their gear on and they had to take it off. And it was like, oh, it's taking so long. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was really good for, for those of us who did it. Cause not all of us did it, but, um, three of us did it. It was really good for, for us to do it together. It was just something to work towards in our training, got us fired up in our training. And then it's just, it's a bonding experience when you go through a, a meet like that. And for one of the women, it was one of, it was her first one for all of us. It was our first time, um, competing with squat. So that was, that was a challenge. Mm-hmm. That was a whole other element. And, uh, yeah, so that's how that all started. And, uh, we're looking, I think we're going to do another one in October. There's one in Everett, an RPS meet. So we're looking at that one. So yeah, it's been really, we've had a really good time. I've what, loved it. What, uh, what weight class did you compete at? 114 pounds. Okay. So where were you starting from? What did you have to get down from? Uh, I was at 117. So my first meet at the push pull, I just decided like, I wasn't really thinking about that. I was like, I just want to go in and I just want to lift and, mm-hmm. um, I just want to experience the, a powerlifting meet because I had never even gone to watch one in person. So this was like that first one was just there were so many new things about it. And um, so I competed in the 123 pound weight class then, which for me, I always am around like 117, 118, like 116 when I'm like on the lighter side. I've even been down like I think like when I went like last summer, like in the summertime, I tend to be a little bit lighter anyway. I don't know if it's cause I'm walking more or, or what, um, you know, I'm getting more activity and I'm not just driving my car all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not unusual for me to be like 115. Um, I've been, last time I was 114, I remember I, I did the Dan John 10,000 swing challenge. Oh geez. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, do it. so this time around, and I have to say like it was, um, I follow Marissa Inda. Not that like, I mean, she's the whole, she's a freaking beast. That woman is just amazing and she's just awesome. I follow her on Instagram and she competes in the 114 pound weight class and she is solid. And I was like, you know, I'm about her size. Like I'm like a half inch taller than her. And I've been 114 before. I wonder when I was 114 doing the Dan John 10,000 swing challenge, I, was not as strong as I am now. So I I definitely lost strength when I Mm. did that. So this for me was like, huh, I wonder if I can, I'm stronger now, but, and I wonder if I can maintain that strength and cut weight down to 114 because it is a healthy weight. I have been there before. I can maintain it. And it's not unusual for me to be like 115 or 116. It's not that many pounds. I want to give it a try. So, um, so I, I, uh, I bought a cutting template from Renaissance Periodization because mm-hmm. they're 
they specialize in this stuff. And, and this was six weeks before the meet. And I, I'm not someone who really diets. I, you know, I eat very healthy. I, you know, I do love my desserts. I will have a dessert over a drink any day. Like I, love <laughs> <dessert>. <laughs> I don't have dessert every day, but like I like on the weekends, I'm like, oh, okay, what, like when what dessert am I going to have this weekend? You know, I just, I love like cookies and pie. So yeah, but um, you're living the life of a fitness professional. Yes, I am. I do a lot of activity, so <laughs> I, it's okay for me to have some cake. Well, this is not like a trial. If anyone has seen <laughs> Artemis, she's like ripped. All right. Um, so I think you're 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 allowed to have a piece of whatever's on the dessert menu once in a while. I think yeah. you'll be good. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. I enjoy it. So uh so I decided I was like, okay, well I don't know how long this is gonna take me, so I'm gonna start six weeks and then I like lost <laughs> I was down to like 113 and a half pounds within the first week. I was like, oh, no my God. Problem. I was like, I'm already there. <laughs> well, it's like it's amazing. Like when some people do their their cutting, they're coming from a really um, maybe like an uneducated spot. Like they're just like reading stuff from like old bodybuilding like articles or like bodybuilding techniques from from years ago or powerlifting techniques or wrestling techniques from years ago. And they're not really going at it with like the latest information, the best techniques that, you know, they could be using, but you know, you have a background in this stuff, you know what you're doing so you can better, you know, utilize this information and get faster results that are not going to make you, you know, my, my buddy in college for wrestling, he used to, there was whatever was the water pills. And then there was also like, they would like eat like toilet paper and stuff like that. And see, and that's what I didn't want to do that. So three pounds, people would say, well, why don't you just cut water weight the week before? No, I don't want to do that. Like I, I want to do it the right way. I want, exactly. I wanted to see. And I also just, for me, I, just, I wanted to see if I could do it, maintain mm-hmm. strength and do it and then get used to training at that lower weight. And, um, and I learned a lot from it. I have, I'm a precision nutrition level one coach, but Renaissance periodization has a little bit of a different approach and I really learned right. a lot from their approach and I like what I learned from them following their plan and um you know I learned things that I could do better with my diet just from from following their plan and I was joking with Eric too cuz like it was I started at the end of March and in the winter time like I don't know I was I was up I was probably like one, because I in February I went to Australia. I had a lot of travel in February, and I, so I even I think I had was at like one nineteen when I got back from that from Australia and New York because I went to speak at the Mark Fisher Fitness Lab too. And then like when I actually got started on the Renaissance Periodization Plan, I was one seventeen. But I was joking with Eric that I had already gone through my own massing period in the winter time. I was already <laughs> right. like. Just enjoying like lots of carbohydrates and extra mm. protein and just like packing it on. So it actually worked out really well because I had like put myself through my own massing program and then I went to this cutting template and that's why I had such, you know, fantastic results so quickly. <laughs> Love it. That is that's like the Massachusetts winter program of yeah. like you just don't go and it wasn't as bad as last year, but still yeah. this year it was a pretty brutal winter at times. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I don't, I'm not, I don't like the winter. So like, yeah. So I was probably enjoying more treats than I really needed to. 
Clown, what are we but- doing? You should you should be moving down to Florida, opening and help E. Stacy mm-hmm. out, open up a gym with her, and then yes. you don't have to worry about this. You just need to worry about Florida. That would be awesome. I would love that. And she would probably love that too. We would have so much fun together. It'd be, be great. Be a badass, be a badass setup down there. Um, so well, I got was, down to like, well, what happened was I got down to 112 mm-hmm. and then it was just like trying to maintain that for like six weeks. And so now next time, if I do this again, like I'll probably do it. Like if I, I'll, if I need to cut a couple pounds and I haven't really put any that much back on, like I'm still like under, I'm still under 114. I'm still like 113, 113 and a half. So it, now I'm like, huh, there must've been some, like, there must've been some weight I needed to lose. So, cause I'm not strictly adhering to the plan. I made a couple of changes here and there, but I'm, you know, kind of back to normal. And, um, but if I do it again, I will definitely, I won't, try to hang out there for six weeks because that I was that that was that was that was challenging so I'll probably get really serious about it like two weeks beforehand hey everyone I just want to take a second to talk to you about pedestal four because I hope you have all gone in order to pair to check them out because I really do believe this is the ultimate way to suit up for your training sessions and you know jokes on them I talk about these socks even if they weren't a sponsor of the show but I'm going to tell you about these socks because you really won't get it until you go and pick up a pair and try them out yourself because you get the benefits of barefoot training and what you would get from wearing a shoe. So you still get the grippiness, uh, grippiness, is that a word, of the shoe, and you also get the great added proprioception that you would get from a more minimalistic footwear or, in this case, a sock. And they've built these things to be just like absolute, like the the tank of a sock. Like these things are bulletproof in the sense where they're silver treated. So they're not going to smell like your everyday sock. Like you can use these for a couple training sessions before you wash them. And I mean, that's kind of really a big deal. So you don't need to buy a ton of pairs. You might buy like, you know, two or three pairs to kind of last you throughout the week. And so you can rotate them with your laundry schedule. But I, I really do believe that if you go and you try out these socks, you're going to be like, what was I doing? How was I training in these stupid thick shoes before or training in bare feet where I was grossing people out. My feet were getting all gross and black on the bottom of my foot. Now you can get the benefits of both without having to sacrifice either of them. Go check them out at pedestalfootwear.com. And again, they they just really have done an amazing job putting this, this sock together. They're continuing to get even better. Go check them out. The great varieties, great colors, and lineup that they have at pedestalfootwear.com. They went well. They were did not go exactly as I had hoped. Um, so at my first push pull meet, I um, I deadlifted three hundred pounds. So my goal was to hit a three hundred fifteen pound deadlift, but I didn't take into account that I was going to not get to that deadlift until the afternoon at like three o'clock after I'd squatted and bench. So, um, I hit my squat numbers, which was 215. That was squat felt great. It was felt so strong. Um, I will say like how my first attempt for squat was 185, which is something I had done in training numerous times. So that was no problem. And then my second attempt was 200 and I'd only done 200, one other time before, like last November, and I did it in training. And I remember when I did it, it just felt like my max. It was so hard. So at the meet, I was inside, I was so nervous about this attempt because I hadn't done it 
since then. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go. And it was the first time that we were doing squat. I was like, so I had like a lot of nervous energy around it. And then when I did it, it was fine. I, it went really well. I felt really strong. Um, and then for 215, I, it was, again, I got nervous again for that, even though I was like, if 200 felt like that, then 215 should, should be fine. So, um, it ended up being fine. And then, uh, for bench, my goal was 140. I didn't hit 140, but I repeated 135, which is what I did at my, at the first one at the push pull. And this time when I, when I, the first time I did I hit 135 at that push pull. It was just like, I remember I got off the bench afterwards and I had just like used my back for the entire thing. Like I had just done it all wrong. And it like, it looked, it looked really like it, it, they ended up counting it and it passed whatever was a lift, but it was just looked like, like if it had a sound, if it just like if it had a sound effect, that's what it would have looked like. It just would have been like, so this time when I went to do 135, it was just like smooth and strong. I used legs. Yeah, it was awesome. Like, oh, this is great. And then 140, I got it off my chest and I kept pushing through. And then I was like, no, this is not going up. So I was like, whatever. So I just let it go. Um, but going into bench, it was sort of a similar situation to the squat in that like when I was going to do, because I hadn't done 135 since that meet and I remember how hard it was and how my back felt afterwards. So I was really nervous that I was going to screw it up again. And um, so I think I had a lot of nervous energy around that. Uh, and then I ended up doing, it ended up being fine. But I think I put so much into squat and bench that by the time it came for us to deadlift. I was just like ready to go home. I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I just want to go home. So I was, when we were warming up, I was, I was done. I was like, I'm so done. And I, so I came out and I did my opener, which was 285. And when you watch the video, it came off the ground really quickly and it was, it looked pretty easy, but it didn't feel like 285 had felt to me before in the past, like it felt heavier. And so I was like, ah, oh, I think I kind of psyched myself out. And then so I didn't hit. My second attempt was 305. And then my third attempt was supposed to be 315. And um, I wasn't, I didn't hit 305. I did, did it for my second and tried it for my third. And I didn't. So I was like, whatever. So um, I was really happy about the squat. I was really happy that bench was stronger and I was doing things better in terms of my technique. That was huge. And, um, so I know like when I come back, I'll be able to hit 140 for bench. What I need to figure out though is, okay, when I go back to do a full power, how do I save my energy for deadlift? Like, how do I do that? So I have to kind of figure out how to be conservative and around, I mean, I'm thinking maybe my, have my focus be on the deadlift and just keep my squat conservative and, you know, I think I'll be less nervous about bench now because I feel like I have a little bit more control over the lift. I feel a little more comfortable with it. So I just have to figure out how to save it up for deadlift so I have that energy at the end, just put everything into it. Um, but I know better now. So, like, I know, like, it's hard. It's hard to be there all day doing all three lifts and just kind of figure out how to evenly distribute your energy over the lifts. Right. How do you like? How do you even prepare for that? Like, it's it's mm -hmm. it's not something that you can really simulate a, a training situation for. 
No, not at all. Like, you here, don't know- here, do a max lift, and I want you to hang out just for like two or three hours, and um, you know, come back down. And then I want you to come back up to do another max lift and then, you know, hang out for two or three hours, come back down. Then, yeah, I want you to come back up one more time for another max effort. Yeah, I know. You can't. You have, I think you just have to go into it and experience it and just figure out what you can do better the next time when you go back. And that's it. And, um, and I think when you go into it, like you also – I had these goals set out, but I didn't – hit them, but I had to like look at everything. I had to put everything in perspective and, uh, and like not, cause I think, I think we're all, not all of us, but I think many of us are perfectionists. So I think if when you're going into a situation like that and you walk away and you don't exactly hit what you plan to hit, it's okay. Like you can't beat yourself up about it. You have to just look at it and be like, okay, this is why this happened. And I'm going to go back and I'm going to do it better. And and now I know my next meet, my real, my primary focus is going to be on that deadlift. I just want to hit that deadlift, and so I'll just make that happen. Did you do any kind of um, any kind of like smelling salts or you know what, what I used to do? No, not have one, but have two cans of Spike to see if I can hit a PR. <laughs> no, I did have. I was eating some chocolate croissants. And- <laughs> That's a little different than what I was using. All right. <laughs> and I did, what else did I, I try, I mean, and that was even like, cause that has some fat and I was trying to avoid mm-hmm. fats, but I did have a lot of like bread and banana and jelly sandwiches and fuel the fire. Yeah. The taco croissants are really good though. That was after I weighed in that weekend, like I enjoyed a couple of <laughs> Those were so good. I'm like, wow, why am I not eating these more often? These That's a so- good enough reason to like just sign up for a powerlifting meet if you know like <laughs> this is what the outcome will be is even if I don't hit the numbers, chocolate croissants. Exactly. Oh, it, was, it was good. But you know what was really interesting was and it was watching the geared lifters like mm. anyway, that just that it just you got you got something wrong with gear lifters. The the they don't even need to stay tight. They got they got clothing that that helps them get into proper positioning. It was it was just interesting. It was like not for me. It you know I know people get pumped up about it and it's their thing, but I just was like, uh, and that I think that was another reason why like it took us so long to get to going up to deadlift we were waiting for so long for the geared lifters to finish bench that we were like squeeze in their shirts yes and then take them off and so anyway that's a lesson learned too just just do a raw meat like 100 percent raw Mm -hmm. do that it'll just save some time make things a little bit easier and yeah yeah that i mean i my buddy um i don't know if he still goes into cressy's but dan toledano he used to uh, do powerlifting meets, or that's like the tail end of when I was interning there and showing up to lift and stuff. He was doing uh, powerlifting stuff, and yeah, getting into his damn shirt took him like ten minutes to get rid of the bench. I don't know. I wouldn't want to do that, but and it's got to like at some point, it's got to be turned into like Tony General Core's knee sleeves. Like they just got to smell, you know. <laughs> Yes. Like those gross <laughs> nuclear, those nuclear heat coming off of Tony Gentilcore's knee sleeves. I, I don't even think they let them bring them on the plane anymore because of like, you know, they have so you smelly. Yeah, they have you check that box when you like book a flight or when you want to check a bag. Like, do you have any hazardous materials? And they just don't let them. Like the dog, yeah, the dogs don't. 
like they sniffed that and they won't let them put the knee sleeves on the plane anymore. That is so funny. I don't know. If you know Tony Gentilcore, you smelled his knee sleeves. You're like, yep, Kev. Yep. I know what you, I know what's up. Um, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's kind of go, uh, into, uh, another area. I want to go back to the, the, the swing challenge. I know this is, this is Dan John's 10,000 swing challenge, but, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, you're someone that, that is teaching the lifts a lot, the Kelvo lifts a lot. And, um, like how, how do you recommend or how do you look at it, you know, trying to introduce someone that is a casual kettlebell user that would like to do something challenging like this, but may not be used to the demands or the high rep sets that you would need to do for something like this? Is it something that you like to build people up to before they attempt something like this? Or can you kind of just, you know, tone things down a little bit and get going right away? I think you can, if they're, if they're, they can swing a bell. If they've just learned how to swing a bell, it is something that they can do, but they do need to cut the volume back. Mm-hmm. Um, the structure is good. So I think it's um, the structure is good in that they will get practice with the swing right. from the multiple sets, and then they're going to work in some, some strength movements in between, so that's great. But if I remember correctly, the, the swing sets were with the challenge were like 5, 10, yeah, it was a ladder. 15, 20, it like went up to like one of the sets was 50. It was like something, I remember those sets of 50 that I will never do again. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I did for three weeks and I will never do again. But if it's someone who's brand new to it, I would say you could do like 5, 5, 10, 10. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and maybe start with three rounds instead of five rounds. So you're doing uh, 10, 20, so you're doing 30. So you're doing like 90. Right, you're doing 90 for. I would do work on like 90 swings a session for, and don't like he has people doing it four or five times a week. Do it three times a week. Mm-hmm. So cut the cut the volume down five, five, ten, ten, mm-hmm. and then and then slowly build up to that. And and the first two weeks will be rough. I won't mm-hmm. lie, they will be rough, especially that first week. But once you, even with that volume, but once you get past that, then like you'll start to be able to gauge how you can add some swings on. Then you could do like, you know, five, 10, 10, 10, and they're like five, 10, 10, 15. You can like slowly start to, to add, add, um, reps on over the weeks. I mean, this is something that, um, also came up with my discussion with Mike Boyle today. Uh, you. you would have heard him last week by the time that you're listening to this, but, um, we were talking about attention span for, for athletes and for even like myself, like I know I don't, I never go except for pretty much exclusively swings go above eight reps just because mm-hmm. I have a really bad ADD kind of, you know, mindset where if I'm doing more than eight reps, I just get bored. I'm stop, mm-hmm. I stop focusing on my form as much. And it mm-hmm. becomes, uh, you know, uh, a bell curve. The, the, the quality goes down after I kind of hit that peak of eight. So, yeah. um, I'm kind of curious when you're doing kettlebell swings, what kind of rep ranges are you working with the people that you're working with? Is there a kind of rep range that you're always working in or do you, does it depend on their, you know, goals or whatever? We, I won't go above 20. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it'll depend on, um, it definitely depends on their level. If they're just starting out, I keep those rep ranges more along the lines of sets of 10. Mm-hmm. And then if they've been 
swinging for a while, then I'll move them into sets of like 15 and 20. Uh, but I definitely won't go above 20. Like mm-hmm. that's, and, and I'll vary it too. So if I'm seeing them a few times a week, like one day I'll have them work sets of 10 with maybe a little bit of a heavier bell. And then another day I'll have them work some higher volume sets, maybe sets of 20 with, um, a light to a moderate bell. Um, but I won't have them move into those, those, those longer sets until I don't, they've been swinging for even maybe six weeks or longer, you know, so it just, it depends, but definitely not, definitely not more than 20. Cause I, I agree with you in that, like after that, as you, after you, after 15, I think if people aren't really focused on their form, then form starts to suffer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think you want to be doing, doing too many reps of those. So it just defeats the purpose and the benefits of the swing. So definitely not more than sets of 20. Um, I can't believe it. It's almost been an hour. Um, well, and anyways, you know, before we, we do wrap up, there's a couple other things that I wanted to hit on real quick. I mean, we're mm-hmm. getting into, we're getting into the summer and, um, you know, usually that's an opportunity for us to kind of change training up a little bit, whether it be, you know, going outside a little bit more, doing stuff outdoors or, uh, kind of just taking advantage of the, the opportunity that the summer allows us to also help set goals like, hey, I want to go to the beach and I want to be ready to go when mm-hmm. I get to the, the beach. So I'm kind of curious if, um, you know, if you change anything as you get towards the summer, you know, just in terms of the programming at the facility to get people kind of prepped, like almost like a fat loss kind of setup uh, to get ready for the summer when they're going to have to, you know, take their clothes off and stuff and not be bundled yep. up in our North Face coats and, right. and pants. Yeah, well, we did actually. We did launch a challenge on May second. Oh, cool! For um, and you and through Renaissance Periodization, so we have nice. a bunch of our members are following the cutting template through Renaissance Periodization, and they've been doing a really great job with it. So they're approaching like their first thirty days. I think some people are like because it's the holiday weekend coming up this weekend. I think some people are planning on having like a day or two or they're just going to kind of take a break from it. And mm-hmm. which if you think 90 days is a long time to be following, um, a cutting, a cutting plan like that. So that was one, one of the things that we did this, this spring. Um, often we'll do a, sp- we'll do a swing challenge in the spring in April. Uh, we didn't do that this year, but, um, that is something that we do do. So something to, to get people to get some more swings in and, or like this was the, the cutting template was through Renaissance was, was great for everybody. That's a pretty good setup. Mm -hmm. And you got like the support of the gym, you got the, the nutrition program to follow along as well. Yep. That's the thing that people kind of fall through is they only have like one or the other and you're kind of giving them the whole package and like the support that goes along with it by showing up at the facility and and getting some, getting some FaceTime as well. And then, and Eric, so when I was doing the cutting template, Eric was doing it too. So the good thing is, is once every, all of our members got started with it, we had already been doing it for about a month. So we were able to answer a lot of questions Mm -hmm. that that they had, which was helpful. Like for us, we had those questions too when we were starting out, but we have a little bit more of a background. So it was easy for us to figure stuff out. So for our members, it was, I think, really helpful for them to have like on-site resources to be like, well, what about this? And we had the answers. And um, so that really helped them. Well, before we do wrap up, I'm going to do um, a little bit of a plugging because um, I know you 
the summer is coming up, I want to ask like if you have any kind of like speaking opportunities that you have coming up that people should keep an eye out for. Are you going to be are you going to be coming down to the uh, incredible Perform Better Summit down in, in Providence, Rhode Island, where people could say hi as well? I will be at Perform Better in Chicago this year, which is, I will be, yeah, I know. All right, you're I'm coming, really you're coming and partying with us because the yes. uh, I know the places to go in Chicago, and um, we have a pretty good crew that goes out on uh, Friday and Saturday night. Yeah, I'm super, super excited. So, um that will be. I'm speaking on June on that Sunday of that weekend, June. Oh, why are you speaking on Sunday? <laughs> I don't know. Because I, <laughs> I have to fly out Saturday night. I'm there all weekend. I'm gonna get there on Thursday though, so I'll be there. Okay. All so we'll at least be able to hang out. So that will be good. Yeah, this is a fun thing where yeah. I've I've interviewed you twice on the show. We still haven't met. Wait, have we? No. Yeah. Well, did we? Yes. I think it performed better last year. Oh, you're right. You're totally it's, right. Yes. 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 Well, that's that, that's. I think that's cool. It's like when when Roger Lawson and I hang out, we only hang out in Tokyo or New York. That's it. <laughs> we never see each other in Massachusetts, and you and I can just meet up at uh, random perform better summits, and that works too. I think that's perfect. Uh, where can people check out, uh, your schedule or where, you know, could people best find out more information about you? Uh, oh, and I'm also, sorry. I'm also oh, yeah. speaking at, sorry, one more, I'm speaking at the elite fitness and performance summit in Kansas city. Oh, nice. That's When's on that? August 5th and 6th. It's like the first, I'm speaking on that Saturday. So it's like the first weekend in August. Cool. So those are, yeah, that's what's coming up this summer. Um, uh, oh, and then one other thing. I'm go- can I tell a secret that I haven't let, that I haven't shared publicly yet? And this will be the first time I'll actually share it. Is, uh, can I do that before I tell you where people can find me? <laughs> Exclusive. <laughs> this is so exciting. Okay. So, so you know how I have my strength workshop, I'm Not Afraid to Lift? I do. So for a while, since I've been doing that for about two years now, and for a while, what I wanted to do is really just kind of to take it to another level. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love how it's grown and it's expanded. And I have now, I have another, I have a lift workshop that I teach by myself. And Mm -hmm. then now I have, I've partnered with Tony Gentlecore's wife, Lisa Lewis. Yes. And we do our mindset edition of lift, which is great. So I have two products now. Mm -hmm. So when she came on board, I'm like, this is great. So, you know, I have my background in, in my specialty in kettlebell training. We have Lisa, she brings the clinical psychologist aspect to it and the mindset aspect. And Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to find another coach who um, has more experience in barbell lifting because I, what I wanted to do was a retreat, a women's strength retreat. Mm-hmm. So I partnered, we've, it's Lisa and myself, and we've joined forces with Julia Leduski. Nice. Yes. Oh, Julia is awesome. So excited. And I can announce it because I actually have I've booked the, the, the rooms for it, but we're having, we've set the date and mm. the date is for February next year, February 2nd through the 5th. It'll be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's going to be in Phoenix, Arizona. Badass. Um, at the Arizona Grand Resort. Hell yeah. That place is yes. awesome. So in, I know. I'm so excited. Man, you, you're hitting all like, uh, is this open to the public? Um, so <laughs> is this, this is just for ladies. It is just for ladies. Oh, yes. man. See, this is, I don't know. 
I mean, it's like it's like with this and like the Radiance Retreat. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, you guys gotta like at least film this stuff because there's some dudes. Like selfishly, there's some dudes that could really benefit from this information. That you know, whether it just be for training of themselves or training women. Um, but yeah, maybe. Um, what so we'll February third, fourth, and fifth. That's what it is. And um, so I'm gonna send out. I'm gonna post a save the date and everything. I'm getting the website together. But I okay. have like I have how the many, dates. How many spots. There will be 30. Right now we're planning on oh. 30 spots. Okay, yes. so sign up, guys. Uh, yes. There's only going to be 30 so spots. Excited. Don't wait on that. I was going to be like, hey, we should do like a, you know, a podcast before, you know, it, it, you know, like in December, November. But no, they're just going to be sold out. We could. Well, I'll let you know before we open up registration and we'll okay. see. But, um, but so that's happening. Um, so look out for the registration, everyone. I'm really mm. excited about it. So... Um, and then outside of that, where can you find me? Um, I'd say I'm most active on Instagram and Facebook. On Instagram, I'm Iron Body by Artemis. And then you can also check out my blog, ironbodybyartemis.com. So those are the best places to find me. And then you can find me on Facebook too. My, my coaching page is Iron Body by Artemis. So definitely most active on Instagram and uh, Facebook. That's where you got to be these days. Instagram is the is the place, and uh, yeah, Snapchat is the other thing. But I just am not. Oh, I cannot. I tried to get on that, and I was like, oh my god. Be strong. Be strong. Like I'm not. I'm not doing it either. And I know it's like, yeah, we're getting old, but sorry, guys. Like I just, you know, I have so many businesses to run, and there's only so much time to tweet and Instagram and go on Facebook. So I just get confused when I go on Snapchat, so I I can't do it. You know, Gary V might be wrong. (laughs) He might actually be wrong about this one, and that thing could be absolutely nothing in a year. It could be the next MySpace, so that's what I'm predicting. Yes, I, I'm with you on that. Okay. Um, well, okay, that's awesome. That reminds me I need to get Lisa on the show. And, mm-hmm. uh, God, I haven't talked to Ju- Julia was on the show, like, in the first, like, 40 episodes. And I had her on again, like, a couple of years ago, but that is another person that I need to get back on this show. She is uh, amazing. She is fantastic. She is. She just had a meet, too, at the beginning of May. Yeah. I, I, I've been following her on Twitter. Like, that's why like, I, be, I could at least get to see what's going on. I'm just so excited about this retreat because it's going to be everything. It's going to be kettlebells. It's going to be barbells. It's going to mm-hmm. be mindset. It'll be nutrition. We're going to talk a little about business stuff. So it's just awesome. going to be phenomenal. Can't wait. Awesome. Um all right. Well, that is uh, that's that's going to do it. And again, if if you're interested, keep an eye out. Uh, make sure you're following Artemis on on Twitter and, and Facebook and Instagram. So you're still getting updates on all that stuff. So when registration does pop up, jump on that because that's going to be a great lineup and a great event. And uh, man, selfishly, uh, wish I could go. But again, the uh, it's the the no boys women or men's haters club, or I guess whatever the opposite of the. Whatever that show. What was that show? Um, Little Rascals. Um, he Man's De- Women Haters Club. That's what it was. Dean and uh, Dean Somerset and Tony Gentlecore needed like do some sort of retreat. They well, need to do that. They need to get on that. I know. They- and th- th- this is like the new thing is like, and also um, uh, Dave Don Ave and John Romanello are doing one just for dudes. And I can't go to that <laughs> because it's. It's messed up with my schedule. Oh, I, I can't be two plays at once. Yeah, it does suck. Um, anyways, don't worry. I'm going to be plenty busy. If you guys are going to be going to the Perform Better Summits this year, Chicago seems like the place to be, but uh, I will be at all four, so hopefully you can get out to those and come say hi. I'll be set standing in front of a, a booth 
talking about our certification and uh, I might have t-shirts. I might not, but uh, worst case, it's always great uh, to come up and say hi and do the same to Artemis if you are in Chicago. So, yes. um, yeah, I think that is going to gonna do it for us. Artemis, thank you so much for, for taking the time to come on. It was great to catch up and I guess I will see you in like, what, th- four weeks? Yes, I'll see you at the end of June. So wow. thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Well, check out all the stuff that we talked about. Don't forget to go to FitCast.network to check out this show at Show Notes and all the other shows on the FitCast network. It is a hell of a network. I'm really proud of what has been put together. Some great content that covers so many different subjects that will help benefit you in your life. And they're just a lot of fun to listen to, and I love doing them. So please go over there. And if you want to support this show and get it up to two weeks early, Go to patreon.com slash the fitcast. Thank you to everyone out there. We have about 170 people that support this show every single week. Thank you so much because you guys are allowing me to to follow my dream of running a podcast network as my fourth business. So thanks. And uh, you're helping me stay sane with all your support. Thank you, everyone out there that has been tweeting, sending messages, all that stuff. That is it for today. We will see you next week. Take care. Take care.